You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It's Tuesday, March 10th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined in the studio by Trey Scott, a man who... You know, if you're to place a bet today on whether you or the number one recruit in the class of 2019 would have the most career starts in college football by the time uh, by the time things are said and done here, I wonder like where you would set those odds. But anyway, Trey, uh, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, Antonio Alfano is I this this saga just I feel bad for the kid at this point. So was the number one player in the top 247 for the class of 2019, spits him out in the composite rankings as number five, goes to Alabama with sky-high expectations to kind of immediately plug the gap of Quinn and Williams, never plays, uh, obviously transfers to Colorado, or obviously I would assume most people would know at this point we have covered that topic. And then today it was announced by brand-new Colorado head coach Carl Durrell that Alfano had been suspended indefinitely, for a violation of team rules. And Alfano is a guy who was like, had fall camp for Alabama last year, like, was in and out of the program for a little bit. And in high school, his, he was a, considered like a late riser in part because he had off the field concerns mm-hmm. that had to be addressed. And the rankings council, like, took a flyer on him being. Being like the guy be, that they were seeing on the field. Being the guy they were seeing on, on the field who was a, a potential, again, like an impact edge guy or, or a sl- guy who could slide inside. He could play anywhere for Alabama. And it was in part, and positional value, a really great defensive lineman compared to a cornerback like Derek Stingley Jr. gave Alfano the nod. But considering the fact now that he's he was on the outs at Alabama and now at Colorado, he's already been suspended. Alfano is tracking to be the biggest recruiting bust ever. Yeah, and certainly we're still in relatively early days in terms of understanding like how whether he'll be welcomed back into the team and kind of what the punishment might be going forward, but and on on some level the talent that he had a year ago is still there, but these ongoing issues belie I think concerns about the off the field stuff that maybe should have given us more pause about ranking him so highly. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, you feel bad for him because he's clearly a kid who needed like, when I say, I don't mean help as in like, like someone like get this guy, like in an institution, like he just needs help. Like he needs people who care about him around him. He needs people who want the best for him to help guide him. So he transfers to Colorado and is sold on the idea of being with Mel Tucker. And all of a sudden now, Mel Tucker is gone. The position coach who recruited Alfano to Colorado is gone. And so you've got a kid who's in a new environment who already has a litany of off-field issues now with a bunch of coaches who he doesn't know and probably doesn't trust. And you would hope that this suspension pulls him back in Mm -hmm. as like, okay, this is my last shot. Like this is, I got to fix this now. Mm-hmm. But you're also a little bit worried that it pushes him away because Alabama, I think Saban kept giving him chance after chance. And like, 
You guys like go check out the timeline. Like Hank South at Bama Online did a timeline of Alfano at on twenty four seven Sports when when he finally entered the transfer portal. About like Saban one day would be like he'll be back tomorrow. Saban one day would be like he's at someone's funeral. He's dealing with some stuff. Like kept giving him chances to come back and like the greatest coach of all time is kind of going out on a limb for you and giving you multiple chances to to correct something and you don't do it. I don't have a lot of faith in you fixing these issues now all the way out of Colorado for a coach who you didn't sign up to play for. Right. It's it a very weird circumstance, Alabama, because Saban was saying stuff toward the end, like, we don't know where he is. He's just stopped showing up. And Antonio Alfano's dad was tweeting things like, oh, we're dealing with a family health concern. And maybe it just seemed like there was not good communication happening between those two parties there toward the end. Really weird. It's it's weird the the shape of this what looks like it's going to end up being a bust is so different from how my perception of how busts normally go it's like oh oh yeah they're they're on the depth chart still like number 3 what's going on there they haven't really done anything it's not often that a player with this high of a profile is just like transferring and getting suspended and stuff. Yeah, and they just don't play. And I honestly wonder if someone would chalk that up to, and you and I are both fans of the transfer portal, but I honestly wonder, as we look at recent high-profile busts mm. and Yabi and Noma from Alabama being another guy, transfers out of Alabama mm-hmm. as a top-five prospect in the class of 2018, goes to Houston, is dismissed from there. Like I almost wonder if this is contributing to that because mm. I was talking like Barton Simmons and a few of the other guys in the office we have on our wall, we have like the plaques of the number one players in the composite. So Alfano's not on there, right? Because he was number five in the composite, number one in the top two, four, seven. But I couldn't, and I, I, you look at the plaques and we're like, who are the other busts? And we came to Trent Thompson, who was like a pretty good player at Georgia for a year and a half and then had some issues and, you know, played three years for, for Georgia, wasn't drafted or whatever. Like he was a bust. Like, you're right. Like, that's the conventional old school way of thinking. Like, just like doesn't really quite pan out the way we were thinking right. he would. But even like Trenton Thompson was like a pretty consensus guy. I was, like, there, there's really never been, there has never been a player number one in the composite or the top two for seven whose career has panned out like this, where he just not even a, doesn't even play. That's interesting what you say about the portal because, you know, and there can be shades of gray on the portal. And I I think a a criticism that I think has been fairly uh, or a concern that has been raised about it is that sometimes these student athletes benefit from having to be stuck in a, a bad situation, but you've got consistent guidance and leadership from the people at the first school that you chose and uh, fighting through that adversity ultimately makes you a better person on the other side. Um, and so I, maybe, maybe that is something that we are missing here under, under this current model, who knows for sure if that would have had any impact in this particular situation, but uh, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we'll talk about Ohio state entering uncharted territory with its assistant coach salaries. And NBC news has a new investigative report out about those athletics fees on your college tuition bill. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Welcome back to the College Football Daily. Ohio State is now the first school to pay, get this, four assistant coaches more than $1 million each. It's pretty crazy. Like Clemson had three last year. Well, it's only down to two now with Jeff Scott leaving to, to be the head coach at South Florida. But Ohio State's now... The new defensive coordinator, Kerry Coombs, he leads the way here. $1.4 million. That's a $900,000 increase from his 2017 salary, which was the last time he was at Ohio State when he was just a cornerbacks coach, and he left to become uh, a Tennessee Titans assistant coach. Obviously, he's back in Columbus now. And then offensive coordinator, Kevin Wilson, no longer has to share that title with anybody, and so he's making $1.2 million in 2020. And now we got co-defensive coordinator, Greg Madison, co-defensive coordinator with Kerry Coombs, he's going to make $1.13 million, as will defensive line coach Larry Johnson, $1.13 million. You got an assistant, a positional coach here making over $1 million. That's crazy. He had not, he made $900,000 last year, so I guess it's like not that big of a, an increase, but like that's, that's substantial. Now, J- Johnson deserves this. We had him on our list two weeks ago with Barton Simmons as the best assistant coaches in football. I mean, he coaches. He coached the Boses. He coached Coach Chase Young. He'll find the next star pass rusher at Ohio State, and he'll coach him up. So he's worth it. But I, I, I mean, we're not too far removed from being surprised when coordinators made one million dollars. Now we have four making them for Ohio State, and and in total, their assistants are going to make eight million dollars as far as the salary pool. And if that number stands compared to everybody else, it will be the highest in college football. The the number that always sticks out in my mind, I was at South Carolina when Steve Spurrier signed to be the head coach in 2005. And at that time, as a national champion head coach who had coached in the NFL, his salary was $1.5 million. And that's now just $100,000 more than what Kerry Coombs is making. So that's it's wild how quickly things have escal- escalated there. I hope you keep your abacuses out because this next uh, this next item also involves uh, keep our fin- what out <laughs> your abacuses uh, abaca abaca I'm not sure what the correct uh, plural there would be old timey way of counting stuff ah, okay. pre yeah um, so there's a new investigative report out from NBC News that found that 80 percent of the 230 Division One public universities charge students a fee to finance sports teams now. If you've been if you've been to college, that that in itself is not a, a surprise. What is surprising is that sometimes these fees are thousands of dollars per semester, and NBC's reporting demonstrated that students, in many cases, could not find the fee on their tuition bill, and oftentimes would need to file a public records request to find out how much they were being charged to support college athletics. NBC found that more than half of public Division I schools assessed annual athletic fee of at least $100, and the price at several exceeded $2,000, with the highest figure coming from Virginia Military Institute, which charged $3,340. One interesting thing, NBC did publish a spreadsheet of its findings, if you want to go check it out, uh, to go along with the story. And if you sort from the highest fee to lowest fee, you actually have to go down pretty far before you find a Power 5 school. Uh, And that fee was $657 from the University of Virginia. Shouts to McKinley Hyman. 
So it's kind of interesting because this is clearly something that is much more of an issue at smaller schools in the FBS and in the FCS. Uh, and one interesting case was Miami of Ohio was only able to satisfy the minimum attendance requirement to remain in Division I by using their student fees to buy up unsold tickets. Um, proponents of the athletics fees say that these fees, uh, the, the teams that these fees support provide an important marketing role for the university and prime the pump for donations and admissions. But in an era where some elected leaders are ringing the alarm about a student debt crisis, it's really difficult line to walk for these schools. One student NBC talked to at James Madison said that athletics fees will account for more than 50% of the $20,000 she'll owe once she graduates. There were, we should point out, 43 public universities that reported not charging fees for their sports programs, including uh, Alabama and Trey, University of Texas. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, I mean, I would have paid. I, I mean, it's it, it's it's interesting how like the schools where you have the students who would pay for the football team, like I would be like, yeah, I'd, right. I'd contribute five hundred bucks. Are the ones where you don't, and it's like you have like the Virginia Military Institute charging you three thousand. Obviously, it's like to keep the the team teams afloat, right? And one thing that NBC points out in their reporting is that there's kind of a I don't know if selection bias is the right word, but in in terms of some, the schools that did the best job of being transparent with how they were spending tuition, maybe it may be overstating how much their fees are contributing because other other schools, bigger schools in some cases, are just being a lot murkier in their accounting and how they're describing where tuition is going. So that that is worth pointing out too. But yeah, it's it's definitely the case that it, it's like Cleveland State University, 85% of its revenue came from student fees um, in, in 2017-2018. So yeah, it's a it, it's 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 one of these stories, and it feels like we're getting a lot of these in college athletics. Where just like if you zeroed in on one individual data point, it wouldn't seem super unusual or strange to any of us who you know went to college or, or follow a team. But when you zoom out and you kind of look at the aggregate, it's it, it's kind of shocking and concerning, and at least should prompt some conversations about the best way to move forward here. Well, what is real quick. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like you, you mentioned, proponents of the fee say, "Well, these it provides marketing role for the university and primes the pump." Like, I'm a sports guy, so I guess I don't know if it counts. But when you say Cleveland State, I think about a long time ago they beat Syracuse <laughs> on a half court shot right. in an early co- early season college basketball game. I'm like, okay, the only reason I know about Cleveland State is because of athletics. So it is kind right. of funny. Yeah. Now and- again, I am a guy who watches sure. ESPN, and so I would know that compared to like a famous alum of, you know, Cleveland state, whatever, but it is. Sure. And yeah. And I mean, that's, uh, Matt Brown mentioned it on our episode last week, uh, kind of about, uh, how the TV contracts in, in college sports, if you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out, uh, about the Flutie effect where big, uh, big performances like that are the, play it's named after Doug Flutie throwing the Hail Mary um, and giving Boston College a national championship, uh, you know, creates this uh, 
uptick in admissions and and, and donations. Now, what Matt told us last week was that that success has to be pretty high level and you have to sustain it over a period of time and have more and more success for it to pay off in the long term. But yeah, that's clearly something that a lot of uh, programs seem to be chasing for sure. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For my co-host Trey Scott and our producer Tony Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to a new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.